All right, welcome to a Wednesday. It is the 30th of December, 2020. It's the eve before the eve, the second to last day of the year. And if this year was a fish, I'd throw it right back. That's for sure. Okay, a big show today. Co-hosting with me today, I got to say hello, Juan Padro. How are you, the uh, partner and uh, with uh, Culinary Collective? Good to see you. How you doing? Glad to be here. It's an exciting show for the modern eater. Uh, you know what? It is an exciting show for all of us together. Yeah. We have a lot of folks that are tuning in from the service industry. I got to tell you, unfortunately, the governor won't be joining us today. Just kidding. I wanted to. I have a six. And I'm out of here, man. <laughs> I have a six. I don't know. A Did you just bait me here to hang out with you? That's right. That's right. We are live from Studio what a Kitchen. Weirdo. I know. Studio right. Kitchen, Colorado. Thanks for joining us. We're going to have a good conversation today. Yeah, I, I think, think so. The governor's going to join us here momentarily. We are standing by. Also on the show, uh, Sonia Ricks from the Colorado Restaurant Association, the president and CEO. She'll be joining us along with Katie Laser from Eat Denver, the director. And we think the world of both of those gals. Absolutely. Here. So today's kind of a service industry day. And we need some, you know, resolution. We need to talk things through. I think we need a hug. We need to talk it out. And as we stand by for the governor, a couple of little just clean up things that we're doing here. End of the year. We need to look forward, Juan. That's right. Yeah, I mean, 2020, we're not going to change anything that's happened in the past. That's right. And, uh, and, and, you know, my hope is that we're not really focused on that today when we talk to the governor, but solutions, meaningful solutions, and, and uh, some information to help us move forward and heal um, and get our industry back and, and vibrant again and being a part of the community that is just so important to Denver. So, so as culinary creative and, and uh, managing partner and the things that you do, boy, just instrumental, the things that you do and the inspiration that you've shown me and others to really just keep us going in a positive direction. That means a lot, Juan. I appreciate it. Yeah, we, I've got an awesome team that allows me to go out and uh, freeze up my time to do other things. And uh, we're certainly very blessed in our organization. And we're blessed to be um, in the hospitality community in Denver because there's a lot of people that have stepped up. So. I think it's capsulized in the name, Culinary Creative. And that's exactly what you try and do that's right. uh, consistently. Moving into 2021. Boy, that's just a good ring in the ears, isn't it? I mean, it sounds good. It sounds better than 2020. It does, but there's going to be some challenges ahead as yeah. well. And, and that's really what we need to focus on. But there's a little bit of healing that needs to take place as well. Yeah, I, you know, no doubt. And, and, and look, this is, uh, we're, we're, we're not through this, and, and we've got some time to go here. And, and uh, you know, we've got we've to come up with a plan that works, uh, you know, not only to protect the health and welfare of our, our community, but also that protects uh, the mental health um, and the economy. Um, so there's got to be a good balance there. And, um, you know, our hope uh, today is that we can ask some questions and, 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 and uh, Governor Polis is a super thoughtful guy and, and hopefully he has some answers today and hopefully he leaves with some things to think about. Uh, with my gears in this business, anytime somebody shows up, that means a lot. If that's you right. show up to the dance and you're there and you're going you're gonna to answer the questions, that's, right. um, th that's a stand-up individual. And, and a lot of people, even folks uh, that uh, voted for Governor Post, there's a little bit of, especially within the service industry, of like, hey, listen, there's a lot of things that don't make sense right now. Yeah, there's no doubt, um, you know, and, and I, I can tell you I've had the opportunity to talk to, to Governor Polis many times, and, and he's always been super receptive. Uh, I don't agree with a lot of what he says, and, and he hears me out and listens, and, and that's, to me, uh, the reason why I support him. And, you know, I don't need to agree with everybody, just like I don't expect them to agree with me all the time. But mm -hmm. uh, the fact that he's there, he gives a shit, and, you yeah. know, he's a good guy, and uh, hopefully, um, you know, I think intention is important, and his goal is to get us back open. But, you know, I think there's some other ways to do it. Absolutely. So. Boy, it, throughout this year, resiliency. Mm -hmm. Wow. Service industry, the resiliency, the creativeness, mm -hmm. uh, the toughness, but, but that togetherness in the family. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, people do remarkable things in times of struggle, and, and, uh, and, uh, and you see a lot of inspiration, and, and my hope is that uh, everybody takes a little time over the next couple of days as we close out the year to think about uh, the folks that inspired them and that helped their community and that lifted them up, and whether it's a phone call that you got or you fed the homeless or, you know, uh, our industry in particular has just done a ton. While we've been getting kicked, uh, you know, while we're down, we're, we're, we're getting back up and we're taking care of our community, and that's an amazing thing. Wow, together. And, and truly to be together, you have to be together. And that's why I really respect that this gentleman is on the show today. He's joining us from, uh, I don't know, it looks great, but it's probably the, the, 
the uh, Jared Polis. Uh, Governor, thank you and welcome to the show. It means the world to us, Your Honor, and uh, we appreciate you coming here today. Yeah, Greg, these are real, real flags, not some background, uh, you know, like some wallpaper background. That's the real, the real thing. The real you, you just made I mean, they're made in China, like all real flags are. <laughs> you just made me snort, Governor. That was that was a good thing. Thank you for that. Uh, starting out with a laugh, and, and we have to do that. But again, welcome to the show. This is the Modern Eater Show. Uh, we believe to be the kind of the underbelly of the service industry here in Colorado. I'm a native. I grew up in Cherry Creek, Colorado. I still live there right now. The men and women within our communities mean the world to me, and I've been serving our community for over 20 years now in broadcasting and journalism. So I know the game, and, and I'm so thrilled that you're here with us today. So we're going to have a great, honest discussion. But I can tell you right off the bat, Governor, uh, as you're here with myself and Juan Padro, we're not here to burn a bridge. We're here to build a bridge with you here today. And I think that collectively we have to come together, and hopefully this will be a, a great start of a relationship that can last for uh, much, much more time in the future. Uh, let's begin. So uh, if, how's your health? You and, and, and the first general? Yeah, we're, we're fully recovered. You know, uh, I, I had a very, very mild case. Marlon's was worse. He was hospitalized for two days, but uh, the steroids brought down the inflammation and uh, we're all we're all back to normal. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Big. Plan. I'm sure most of you, um, many of you probably had. Have, have you all had? Have you had staff and friends that have that have come down with it as well? Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, big plans for New Year's Eve. Or are you going to be like me? Well, and- from a culinary perspective, of course, one of the worst side effects is the loss of taste and smell. So that that was most unfortunate. Mine is mostly back, thankfully, <clears throat> maybe not to full strength, but uh, it was really weird for a while. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, we had uh, one of our chefs lose his uh, taste of, uh, of uh, his taste and his smell, and, and it was it was pretty odd. Um, you know, having and you're worried. Back. You're like, I hope it comes back. It's like you hear it for some people, it takes like two or three months, and you're like, oh my god, that's right. what happens? That's right. Luckily, I was actually most... with him when it came back, yeah. which was amazing Good. to see. <laughs> you don't know what so. you have until it's gone. That's for sure. And when it's gone, it's literally gone. Like you cannot even taste toothpaste. It's that's the right. weirdest thing. Governor, I think we have 15 minutes with you, and we'd, okay. we'd love to get the best out of it. Um, big plans for New Year's Eve, or are you going to be like me and I'm in bed and asleep before midnight? Well, uh, we're, you know, we'll, be, we'll be, I'll be cooking for the family, so we're just putting together the, uh, the menu. My son's nine. He likes to cook, too. So we're, I think we're going to make um, uh, We have one vegan in the household. So uh, coconut, banana cream pie, uh, ginger, carrot soup. I think we're still working on some of the entrees. Oh, absolutely. So New Year's marks a great thing for all of us. And this is kind of a great time for you to be on the show. This is the last show for us for the year for 2020. And what a year it's been. We're ready to leave 2020 behind. What a horrific year for for everybody, but especially for the restaurant industry, culinary industry, but just just a horrible year for everybody. New Year's kind of marks a new beginning. Uh, Patty LaBelle would say it's a new attitude. And uh, we really need that. But in order for us to do that, Governor, there, there does have to be some healing that goes on right now. There's a lot of angst and animosity, and even folks that have voted for you, but in the service industry, uh, these are all fellow Coloradans, but there's a lot of anger, animosity, and feeling that, that there's discrimination as well towards these restaurants and bars. Do you understand where that anger and animosity is coming from? And if you do, could you talk about what you believe, where it's coming from? Well, um, I mean, I think it's not just everybody's angry. I mean, we want our lives back. Uh, we want our jobs back. We want our lives back. Uh, obviously, our our greatest, you know, condolences and love go to those who lost loved ones to to COVID. Over thirty five hundred Coloradans. Just the scale of that is immense. You know, we had a flood in twenty thirteen. We lost six people. Uh, thirty five hundred. But of course, beyond those who've suffered great loss. And I've lost two friends now to the virus, one close friend. Um, we want our lives back, our jobs back. I mean, young people want to go out. Uh, people want to be able to enjoy restaurants and be out. Uh, we were one of the first to reopen restaurants and, and uh, they're already open again now for the second wave in many counties. We provided a way to do that. Some counties are doing it, some aren't, but we're doing everything we can to get restaurants open and, and, uh, and try to get back to normal. Okay. Uh, one. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, it, it, I think, you know, there are some counties that are open. I think Denver's a little bit different because of the, the, the amount of restaurants that we have here. And 
uh, when I think about the five-star program and the daunting task it would be to try to roll that out in the city of Denver. Um, but, you know, in my mind, I can't get over, you know, the fact that it seems that we're sort of at an inflection point right now where, um, you know, the damage being done uh, to disadvantaged communities and to, you know, single moms and just really our most vulnerable um, is surpassing the damage uh, that COVID is doing. And I, and I think that, um, you know, when I walk in and, and I've got to tell, uh, you know, a man that he can't, you know, that he's, that he's getting laid off and that he can't take care of his family, um, you know, that's a tough conversation to have. Um, you know, and, and, and to me, mental health is an extremely important thing. It seems like it's getting overlooked a little bit. Um, you know, and I think we have long-term effects that we're, that uh, we need to pay very close attention to, and I'm sure you t- you have an eye towards that. But but are we at a, are we at that inflection point where you know we've got to balance this economy, the economic health and the mental health of our people with 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 COVID? Yeah, you know, everybody everybody feels the brunt of this pandemic differently. For somebody trying to provide for their family, losing hours or even their job. Uh, they feel it economically. I can tell you there's also people in their, that live in, in retirement homes and, and, and nursing homes who feel it. They don't feel it as much economically because they have their, you know, they, they're done working. They're just sitting there living off their savings. But uh, they feel it psychologically and socially, just the intense isolation, the restrictions around visits. They can't go to the movies. They, I talked to, you know, one gentleman at our veterans retirement home. He just wanted to be able to play poker again, you know, in the common room with his buddies. He was one of the first people to get the shot. He was a Korean War. Uh, he was a Vietnam War veteran. Uh, we also inoculated Korean and World War II veterans. So, um, you know, the good news is there's shots going in the arm every day here in Colorado. Uh, we are now uh, inoculating everybody 70 and up. We expect to complete that in about four to five weeks. That's for the first dose. Uh, and that, you know, the, four, the 70 and up represent about 78% of the deaths in Colorado. So uh, we really can end that crisis phase of the pandemic, meaning the risk of hospitalization, hospital beds running out, all of that, uh, you know, almost 80% of the deaths uh, pretty soon, uh, which is really, really welcome news. So can we, can we expect to see some normalcy in dining rooms when uh, that, that population yeah. is, is vaccinated? Is that, is that Absolutely. sort of the, is that what we should be planning on? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think let me just say I think 2021 is going to be a great year. I think it's going to be a banner year for restaurants, culinary industry. I think there's so much pent up demand. Um, I I think it's going to be a, a huge year. As you know, we we took a se- several steps as the state. We are letting restaurants keep the 2.9 percent sales tax they collect January, February. Uh, and uh, you know, if the legislature wants to extend that, we'd be willing to. Uh, there's the uh, uh, the new federal package, which every restaurant should get it through their bank, three and a half months of payroll. If you're aware of that, uh, forgivable, they'll keep that. So, so again, it won't start strong. It'll start, you know, uh, it'll start a lot better than it has been. January is going to be a lot better than December. But, but, um, but I think it'll be a very banner, a banner year when you look at all 2021 for the industry. Governor, I, the, I have uh, our peers ringing in my ears right now. Don't, you know, try and have the governor focus. Yeah. And we really would love to hear. And again, I want to circle back around and refocus to the animosity and the anger of the equality. And, and please just indulge me for a second. Business equality is a big thing. And right now, there are a lot of businesses that believe they're being singled out. I'll just give you a, a quick story of uh, Alex Armitas from Sam's Number 3 as I interview him in his parking lot in Glendale, Colorado. His business is empty and decimated, and he's looking at how he's going to furlough or lay off some employees, how he's going to make payroll for the employees that he has, how he's going to be able to pay his rent for the month. And as we're there, we look across the street to the Pack King Supers in Glendale of people flooding that businesses and saying, why, oh, why are we being treated differently than another business? Could you please directly talk to that? Yeah. So people, I think it's a lot of willful ignorance in the restaurant industry. They're saying, wait a minute, why can people go to a, a, an independently owned clothing store, but not here? Here's how the virus spreads. It's very simple. Uh, it can spread any, anyway, but, but the, the predominant way it spreads is 15 minutes contact in proximity, uh, close contact. So uh, mixed parties sitting at a dinner table for an hour is exactly how it spreads. Shopping, can it spread? Of course. Is there a much lower risk? Absolutely. You pass somebody, you're checking out, it's one minute, you're wearing masks, 
Um, we're not worried about shopping. That's why every store that wants to be open is open. Uh, the small shops, the big shops. Um, you know, but it's also important to say that restaurants are not the cause of of the spread in their activity. It's not like if you have a problem with salmonella or hepatitis. That's that's kind of on you that you have to fix that. This is a customer behavior issue, not a restaurant issue. It's six people coming in from six different households. One of them has it is contagious and five of six walking out with it uh, because there's an hour and a half of close contact without masks. So uh, really, it's one of, you know, it's the, it's a close contact without masks, nothing to do with food, nothing to do with eating, nothing to do with your staff. Um, that's that's why um, the scientists and the, the data is really pointed in this direction. So if that's the case, why can airports at D, uh, can restaurants at DIA operate at 100 percent capacity? And that's a city property. Um, I believe they're takeout, aren't they? No. They're, they're generally they're, no, they're not. They're and they take out. No, they're sit down. Yeah, they're sit well, down. Well, you know, it's under it's under it's under federal endeavor. I think all restaurants should be able to be open personally. So hopefully that'll happen soon. I'm glad that at least they're open at DIA. Uh, some of them are independently owned. Some of them are chains. But hopefully that'll be the case across the entire entire restaurant industry soon. Oh my gosh. Okay. So your people are saying you're out of time. What you were a couple minutes late. I do need like one or two more minutes. I'm telling you, we we have to ask you a couple of these questions. So business equality, we talked about. Thank you. Safer at restaurants. Messaging. Messaging going forward. By you putting a scarlet letter on these restaurants and saying it's not safe to go there. It's putting out messaging that folks are going to have a hard time getting back into restaurants. What will be the messaging from your office as we move forward to help these restaurants with the messaging that it's okay to get back in dining again? Well, look, I mean, we try to just be transparent and show the data. People should be informed and make their own decisions. Um, and, you know, frankly, if you're in your 70s and you haven't been vaccinated yet, you might not go to a restaurant. You might not even go to the grocery store. My parents are having their groceries delivered. They're not even going out. They're 76. They're taking a lot of precautions. Other 76-year-olds may take some risks. Uh, maybe they want to go to restaurants. Maybe they don't, but maybe they go grocery shopping. So people should just be informed. Um, if you do go to a restaurant, if you go with your household, much lower risk. That's that's a much lower risk. Uh, the, the, the biggest risk is who you go with. It's not the fact that it's a restaurant. There's nothing special about a restaurant. It's who you're with in close contact for an hour and a half. Uh, without masks. That's the risk. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the wait staff, the kitchen staff, uh, much lower risk, uh, reasonable risk to dine out. I probably dined out, you know, and I'm, I'm an example of the pent up demand because I love to dine out. We usually dine out, you know, before the pandemic, probably three times a week. I support little restaurants. Um, we've dined out probably four times in restaurants. We order in all the time, by the way, and we try to do uh, takeout instead of delivery to support our restaurants. We do some of both, but we, we, we prefer that the delivery doesn't get a cut, but we, we do some of both. But um, yeah, I can't wait to go out. So instead of going out three times a week, we'll probably go out four or five times a week post pandemic. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, like a lot of consumers, we've gone out less. Many consumers have, uh, even though most restaurants will probably be open for indoor dining in January and even in February. I just don't think the demand will be the same as it, it normally is. Um, I feel people general. rolling their eyes as they get on airplanes and they're close to 200 of their closest friends sitting right next to them or being in a packed home depot or, or shopping for the holiday seasons. I feel them rolling their eyes yeah. right now here. Airplanes are moderate risk. I'm not as worried about packed home depots or packed stores. As I said, you don't generally have 15 minutes of close right. contact with somebody at one of those stores. You, you pass people, you walk by, even if they have it, you're not likely to get it. You may, but your airplanes are absolutely moderate risk. People know that. I think the CDC has recommended against traveling. People are traveling. You can travel. Uh, DIA is open, as you said, but um, you know, it's, it's moderate risk. And, and um, if you're in an at-risk group, if you're over 70, you should probably think twice about flying. Who are you getting your consultation from is there an advisory committee that you look to if so who's on it and if not why not for restaurants uh we have uh, a lot i mean my goodness we have uh talked to almost everybody in here from almost everybody so i mean we have i spent a lot of day in consultations with small businesses about how we can better support them counties about how we can get them to open their restaurants um and and we've had mixed successes you know we got douglas to open theirs and summit to open theirs and larimer to open theirs and it's, it's more than just opening them. It's actually really exciting because what it means is as all the restaurants open, those restaurants will be able to have much more capacity than restaurants that haven't gone through 
you know, kind of five-star models. So it's, um, it's an exciting way, not just to open last week or, or before, but also to kind of build that path to how you can inspire consumer confidence, which is really critical um, that consumers know it is a reasonably safe activity, right? Not, not perfectly safe, just like uh, other activities, less safe than a grocery store, probably a little more safe than flying. But, you know, we put all this stuff out there and people make their own decisions. Yeah. Last one. Okay. Decisions, mandates, and uh, the decisions that you make, are they made off of good data or modeling? Because a lot of people want to know that question. Is this modeling? Yeah, very solid, very solid data and modeling. And that's why it's frustrating when people say, wait a minute, why can't people be, you know, dying indoors, but they can be shopping? The two of the two are totally different experiences. You're not, you're not in proximity shopping an hour and a half without a mask with anybody. That's not a shopping experience. You have a three minute experience and you're both masked or you walk by somebody. Can you, you know, is it zero risk? No, it's not zero risk. It's low risk. Uh, indoor dining in restaurants, moderate risk. Some states have closed outdoor dining in restaurants. We haven't. We've doubled down. We've raised, uh, uh, you know, a million dollars to help fund outdoor expansions at restaurants. Uh, low risk. Um, some states, they, they closed outdoor dining as well. Uh, we want to get more indoor dining. We want, of course, outdoor dining to thrive, especially in the spring, spread customers out more. But most importantly, it's who you dine with. So uh, people who want to be careful, safe to go out with your own family, you know, eat indoors uh, or eat outdoors to be even safer. But uh, if you're having people from four or five different households getting together, especially with the prevalence of the virus today in Colorado, uh, it, it, that is a scenario where it goes from one person to five. And that also means one household to five because each might, person might live with three or four people. So it could go from one to 24 people you know, in a week right. and a half. So way. if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that this is really a municipality decision, not necessarily yours. You want to get the restaurants open, but it's really up to the county uh, or the city, in our case in Denver, to get these things open. Yeah, well, we've, we've provided some help with that. Uh, like, for instance, in Route County, they were a little bit slow in doing their local piece. So we just uh, found a way to, uh, and the data supported it to say the whole county could do it. But, but generally, the counties that want open are open. I think there's going to be a lot more of a statewide ease of doing that very soon. Um, it's more county, by the way, not city. You said municipal. Okay. It's generally more county. Um, uh, I think cities can do it. So I think in El Paso County, like Colorado Springs, is moving a little faster than El Paso County. But the default is the county. Usually it's the county, bigger unit. But we are trying to find a way to bring the entire Denver metro area along. We'll have, I think, some announcements soon on, on how we can kind of push that to get more of that um, indoor dining in a safe cool. way going for January. Governor, I hope you return again. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We would really like to have some follow-up on this. Just take 20 seconds and, and address and speak directly to the service industry community of anything that you'd like them to know. Yeah, look, 2021 is going to be a lot better than 2020. Uh, it's important that any restaurant owners or financial folks out there get your PP, PPP loans in three and a half months of operating expenses, keep people on payroll, they're forgiven. Um, restaurants are going to be opening more and more for indoor dining. It's important that we respect the safety protocols around that. Extremely important, right? Um, if there's our setbacks and we have to worry again about our hospital capacity like we did two or three weeks ago, uh, then everything would be on the table. And we don't do anything that just affects restaurants. It's, it's across the entire economy. It's, it's, store, it's capacity at stores, at gyms, at offices. Uh, we're currently in a much better place. Um, I think there'll be a lot more in restaurant dining uh, most of January, probably our whole state in January. Um, and, and, and as especially for the businesses that go above and beyond, a way of identifying that to allow for even more capacity. Thanks for coming to the dance, Governor. Really respect that. Appreciate it. There he is. Good to Thank see you. you. Governor Thanks. Jared Take care. Polis. See you later. Woo. Okay, that goes by quick, right? Goes by quick. I mean, I had forever. You know, and again, okay, let's do this. Let's break off. We'll come back. We've got a lot of work to do. That's right. But we also want to discuss what we just heard. Yes. And did we hear anything? I think a couple things. Okay. Yeah. We'll figure out what those are. All right. That's an interesting thing. Um, talking to politicians, it, it, you, you got to know the dance yeah. and how to do it and refocus. You go back, he goes to default talking points. That's right. Which you have to do. Uh, but there is a human side of this. And I believe in my heart that Jared Polis is a good human being that wants the best. I can, I can tell you that if you believe in me, I, would be, I believe in him. So Okay, yeah. cool. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We've got a lot of stuff. We want reaction from you too. Okay, what did you just hear? And, and trust me, you guys, I, I got the messages. I hear you say, you owe it to us. Let them have it.
you know, hammer him. Uh, speak, speak all collectively. This is the voice. I get it. I get it. And 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 this is not a race. Okay, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And if we're truly trying to figure this out, we need allies. We don't need adversaries. Uh, that's a big part. A big part. And if we can get them thinking, right? If we can get them thinking of the, you know, hey, listen, we're onto that. We're we're sniffing that one out. We're onto that trail. There needs to be folks. I wanted to hear names in an advisory committee. I wanted him to hear Juan Padro. I want him to. He, I, I want. I want him to say those words. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you have a comment, I mean, let us have it. You can go to if you want to see it. You have to go to the Modern Eater Facebook page and, and click on that stream there. If you're watching it from another Facebook page, you're going to want to go to the Modern Eater page. We'll take your comments. I mean, we'll field them. I mean, I don't know what else we can do besides that. It goes quick. Um, again, we're not going to come across. We'll take a break. We'll come back. The Modern Eater Show continues. Hey. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumpling, for by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, and I am rocking with the Modern Eater. You're watching them. You're tasting them. You're knowing everything there is to know about Colorado. <laughs> Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey Four Pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now, quadruples are the emperors of Belgian monastery ales. They're dark in color uh, with a dense tan head and alcohol ranging from 8 to 12%. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness. Uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming, uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey Four Pack at either Brews location, 67th and Pecos, or at Colfax and York, and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badassery today. Welcome to Tommy Knocker Brewery here in beautiful Idaho Springs. Uh, we brew normally twice a day. Currently brew about 18 different beers. And right here is our brew kettle, steam-fired brew kettle. And uh, we generate our steam with natural gas. We get our natural gas from Encore Energy and Brian Rizzuto. I really like working with Brian because he explains how the system works of getting your natural gas. It's not a mystery. I actually understand our energy bill. You're watching The Modern Eater, and now back to the show. All right, it's a beautiful day in Denver, Colorado. Thanks for joining us on The Modern Eater Show, live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Myself, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker on the ones and twos, and Juan Padro co-hosting with me today. Um, let, let's get some reaction. We're going to have Sonia Riggs from Colorado Restaurant Association and Katie Laser from right. Eat Denver. Before that, the guys that bring you this type of programming are guys like Jeff Rourke in A-Plus Beverage Solutions. A-Plus Beverage Solutions, you got to get ready. I mean, you heard it from the governor, right? It's going to be a good year, and that's, we all have to have that hope. But you want to have that beer delicious and tasting like the brewer intended to taste. What does Jeff Rourke do? Not only as a family man and a small business owner, he puts in delicious tap systems, right? Pour your beer. He also does maintenance, which is going to be important. If you're uh, pouring inefficient beer, what are you doing, Jay? You are pouring your money down the drain. Don't pour your money down the drain. Get a hold of Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Simple phone call away at 720-272-3809. That's his cell phone, Jay. Yes, it is. 720-272-3809 for all your draft system needs. He's the most trusted man in the business. His name is Jeff Rourke in A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Back to the show. Thank you guys for joining us. All the cool content that we've ever done, five years worth on themoderneater.com. We have seen so many people, Juan, doing this show. It's great. We get to hear the stories. We get yeah. to have friends, the plights of people, their businesses. It's fascinating. But this year hurt. It's Dung because people suffered. The pain is real and it can't help. You can't help but take that in. I mean, you see it around you. Yeah, I mean, look, I think we can sit here and we can harp on all the pain that we've all been through. We have, okay? I mean, I don't think anybody, we're not telling anybody anything they don't already yeah, know. That's right. You know, I mean, me telling a, 
you know, a, a guy that relies on his, his, his bartending income that he can't take care of his family. He doesn't give a shit. He wants mm-hmm. his job back. Yep. Okay. That's the bottom line. But, um, but the reality is, uh, there, there is balance in everything. And, and, you know, and, and, and I would urge everybody to look for that balance. It's not just going to hit you in the face, but it'll be, it's there. There have been good things that are happening. There are things that, you know, hopefully the folks that you work for, uh, have learned in terms of how to operate their businesses better and, and provide better environments and cleaner environments and safer environments for, for you as an employee. Um, you know, certainly healthcare and wellness and things like that have come to the forefront. These are all things that I think are going to be good that mm-hmm. come out of this. Uh, and again, you know, we just want to get these damn dining rooms open and, and uh, we want to get these bars open. Those guys have been getting their heads kicked in and that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, um, but, you know, I think I can, you know, uh, what I heard, I don't know what you heard, what I heard uh, from the governor is, um, you know, that, you know, they're worried about occupancy in these ICU beds. And he said that 78% of the folks that end up in the ICU are, are uh, folks over the age of 70. And those folks are all getting inoculated right now and over the next four weeks um, before we go into the next phase. Um, so um, I'm going to take that to mean that these dining rooms are going to are going to start opening up here uh, towards the end of January. Uh, I imagine um, that um, that the governor will probably have some announcements about that because I I, I can say that um, you know as somebody that uh, does have an opportunity to talk to him, he does pick up the phone. Uh, when you call and, and he does call you back and he does email you back and he does text you back and he does give a shit. Um, like I said, I don't fully agree with, um, you know, how all this is, is being handled. Um, but, um, but the reality is that, you know, his goal is the same as, as, as my goal, which is to get these dining rooms open. I know that for sure. So, um, and I don't think he wants to continue to get kicked in the head by the service industry. I think he wants to get these things open and get back to being able to dine in restaurants. Yeah, and hopefully he'll have a seat at the table. He will. (laughs) I hope he He does, too. Okay, without further ado, we need to do this. Oh, and in the comments, we'll get to some comments, too, you guys. You can keep the comments flowing. The the consensus is is they didn't hear anything they haven't heard before, and we really need to address um, the the mental health of the community. That's right. right. Um, Addiction and and, um, Mm -hmm. things that we can do to get back on track. And then jobs, you know, I mean, decimated. It's been narrowed down, and that's why we have these gals on here with us. Let's introduce them. First of all, Sonia Riggs, the president and CEO of the Colorado Restaurant Association. Welcome back to the show, Sonia. Hi, Craig. How are you? Good to see you. And I believe, is Katie Laser here with us as well, as well the uh, director of Eat Denver? Uh, Katie, good to see you. Hey, everybody. Hey, good to see you guys. Thanks hey, for Sonia. having me on. Hi, Katie. Good to see you guys. Sure. Did you guys have an opportunity to watch the interview with the governor? I watched sure I got to see most of it. Yep. React. Sonia? Well, I mean, I, I can start if you want. Um, you know, you know, we certainly, first of all, I think it's, it's great that he came on and, and spoke directly to the food service industry. I think that's really important. Um, he, he, like I think I'd heard you say earlier, or Juan say, you know, is responsive. Um, I certainly appreciate that he and his staff get back to us when we've got questions or we've got big concerns. And and uh, you know we continue to reach out to them, and they've they've been good about getting back to us. Um, you know we're we're very frustrated, like like the entire industry is, in the fact that this industry in particular is really being such hit so hard, and we we are just anxious to get restaurants back open again. And we you know this industry has, in in my opinion, already. Uh, been very uniquely qualified to keep people safe. And we see so many restaurants going above and beyond, even what they're being asked to do. Um, What my frustration is, is that we're just not seeing the hard data. And I know he had said that they've got it, but we're just not seeing hard data that's showing that specifically in restaurants um, is where people are getting this. It's, you know, think about the private gatherings that are happening in your homes and that you cannot control that for sustained periods of time. Those people are not necessarily sitting down. They could be, you know, two feet from each other without masks on for hours. And and so, you know, it was certainly we're concerned about the survivability of this industry. Absolutely. Uh, couldn't agree with you more. Go to Katie. Katie, what did you hear? Yeah, one of the things that I know continuously frustrates all of us is uh, looking at an industry like grocery and I heard you talk with the governor a little bit about that. And, you know, the, the vaccine rollout plan just got updated. And 
grocery workers are mm-hmm. not only listed in phase 1B now ahead of restaurant workers, but they're called out specifically, whereas restaurant workers are in this bucket of other uh, frontline workers. And it just feels like over and over this industry that is is massive is 10% of our workforce. And we all, I'm not, I'm preaching to the choir here. We all know how massive it is and how much our whole community depends on restaurants. Um, just continuing to get overlooked um, and put in this bucket of other. Uh, so I find that vaccine rollout to be inconsistent with his description of the difference of the difference between being inside of a grocery store, the, the and risk a level, yeah. and the risk level. That's such yeah. a that's such an astute point, Katie. Because uh, there really is no logic if you're saying that it's safer to be a, in a grocery store. Well, why, why are they being vaccinated before where it's less safe right. to be? So inconsistent thought process there. And I think in, in, if there's anything consistent this year, Katie, we, I, we all know it's inconsistency. That's the only thing that's consistent. That's great. Right. Well, and let me just speak to that briefly, Greg. We just sent a letter to the governor's office asking for, um, you know, for restaurants to be considered in the same bucket as grocery stores. I, I think if, if, if this is... If this is really purposefully done, which it appears that it may have been, um, I'm hoping that they rethink re- re- rethink it and very quickly. It just would be very arbitrary. It, it wouldn't make any sense at all, especially when the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment has said that getting food, especially takeout and delivery from restaurants, may be a safer alternative for that high-risk population getting the food that they need. So why would you then discriminate when we're trying to help people? Um, so I'm I'm really hoping they're going to rethink that and and hopefully we'll see some changes here quickly. We'll certainly let folks know when we do. But I, I guess I pushing. I guess I interpreted uh, some of what he said um, a little bit. Um, well, maybe I should explain my interpretation. I think when he said that uh, you know folks over the age of 70 will uh, largely be inoculated over the next four weeks or so. Um, you know, I asked him, is that is that a good time to look at when dining rooms are going to reopen? And ultimately, vaccine or not, we're, we're trying to get our damn dining rooms open, right? So, um, so you know, if, if I'm going to read into that a little bit further, uh, most grocery stores I go to, I would say, probably have a much older workforce than restaurants. Uh, and that could potentially be the reason for that. But as long as the dining rooms get open and we know we have good protocol and we're following that protocol and guests are coming in and respecting the protocol, um, you know, I feel like we can get these dining rooms open um, in the next few weeks here, uh, three to four weeks in uh, in January. And, uh, you know, all these conversations can, you know, shift to, uh, you know, tax credits and things like that that are going to be necessary to save some businesses in Colorado. One thing that struck me, you guys, is he, he had the, Chesh, the Cheshire cat face, the look. And I think that that's an optimism. I think he is very optimistic. And he mentioned a couple of times in his closing statement that we're going to ramp up. It's going to be a good year, 2021. Do we all believe right now is the darkest before the dawn? Is this the lowest point that we're at? And if so, I'd like to go to Sonia because I believe you would have the statistics of really where we're at. What's the rebuilding point right now um, as far as restaurants and what's left? Who, who's surviving right now? And, um, and then we'll talk about where we go from here. Sonia, do you have anything well, on that? Sadly, I, mean, I don't have any specific updated numbers, although it, back in September, the National Restaurant Association told us that they estimated one in six restaurants had permanently closed. That was prior to the additional shutdowns we've seen now that, that more and more counties are in that red zone and cannot be open for indoor dining. I think, you know, we get calls daily from restaurants around the state that are permanently shutting their doors. And I think that's the, that's the hard part is we've got to get, first of all, we've got to get this additional PPP into their pockets as quickly as possible just to help them get through the next month or so um, before we start seeing restaurants open indoors. But, but you know, they've said overall they need to be at a 75% capacity to be able to survive medium term. So we've got to get these, these restaurants open. We've got to get the vaccines out. We've got to get money in their hands as quickly as possible. Otherwise, it's going to be a very different world for us. And, and our communities will not, be a, that will not be as pleasant, that's for sure. Sonia, when, you, when you're out lobbying on our behalf, and Katie, you know, you can maybe answer some of this too. You know, are we looking at the restaurant industry as a whole or are we saying, hey, 
look, if, if you have a space, for example, that has two garage doors that open up, you know, is, is there a way to apply for a variance? Like in Boulder, Avanti has their roof. They applied for a variance. They're able to seat their roof because they have garage doors on two sides. Boulder, of all places, gave them a variance, right? Are we, have we had the conversation around, like, what would constitute, uh, you know, a reasonable uh, protocol and, and, to, and, to, and, to, and to allow some places to apply for variances so that we can focus our funds like, look, at the end of the day, am I grateful to get a $10,000 grant? Yeah, but I, don't need, I honestly don't need it as much as I know a lot of other restaurants do. And, and I want them to get it. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, they should be getting that. So we should be looking at it, in my opinion, as, hey, if you have the ability to create an indoor-outdoor space, you shouldn't really have to worry about this freaking five-star program, and you shouldn't have to, and you should be able to seat inside, and we should focus our resources and our time on taking care of those restaurants that have close, you know, sm- that are small, that, that don't have good ventilation, that are in old buildings, and we should be giving the funds to them. Where is this CARES Act money that Douglas County, for God's sakes, apparently gave 500000 bucks to two different restaurants through the CARES Act? I saw that on CBS. Al GNA reported that last night. Like, Where's the CARES Act money in the city of Denver, and why isn't that going to these restaurants and these vulnerable uh, uh, populations? Well, there were a lot of questions in that, but yeah. let me just start. Let me just start <laughs> with a few things. So, how are we advocating? We're advocating everywhere we can. We had a meeting with the governor's office last week with engineers talking about air circulation and if we can help restaurants get to a certain quality of air circulation, can we get them open one level beyond what we're looking for the five-star program? And they're they're open to considering that. We're, we need to follow up with some more data for them. But, you know, yeah, it's more than five or $10,000. It's it's gonna be PPP funding on the federal side. It's gonna be, you know, we, as you know, have grant programs, not only to restaurant workers who have been out of work, that's been about $2 million we've given out so far. Um, and and another $2.3 million going out the door on for outdoor spaces. I agree with you that that if we can see other indoor spaces that really look like outdoor spaces, so the way that the governor's office defined it is that, yes, if you've got two totally open sides, that really counts as an outdoor space, and I, I think that, that those should be allowed everywhere. Um, we, we are actually dividing up the industry a bit because not all restaurants are hurting. So the ones that are hurting the most are these full service, traditionally independent restaurants that are really the ones that are getting killed. I'm, I'm hearing from some folks that are in the quick service industry or traditionally have done pizza delivery that they're actually hanging in there and doing okay. It's really these traditional full service guys that really everybody considers our neighborhood gems that have been the hardest hit. And so we're, we're focusing, you know, we, we traditionally focus on the entire industry, but we're, we're being very clear right now that we're really trying to help those that are being hurt the most. And so that's where we're focusing our efforts wherever we can. But, you know, and eDenver has been a great partner of ours. Katie and I served together on a, on a, um, a recovery committee in Denver. Um, wherever we can help is where we are trying. It, is, it does not stop in one area. I mean, we're working with epidemiologists to help us get data of our own. Um, like I mentioned, we're working on air circulation. We're working on trying to get money. We're, we're advocating at every level, whether it's for state funding or at the federal level. Um, so it, it just isn't any one thing. I wholeheartedly agree, Juan, with your statement that, and, and look at you, you have a great team with a, a lot of vast resources and able to find money and, and not leave money on the table, right? There are a lot of people with, that are underserved or, or have a lot less resources that are kind of just trying to navigate, not only doing their daily business operations, but trying how to move forward and find the money that they need. And I think to allocate those resources or have them available could be a great service to the community yeah. right now. How do you how do you find working in in, in uh, working with the governor's office versus like the local like the mayor's office and the county? Governor Polis, you know, talked about how the county uh, is really the, uh, the 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 governing body that decides what's actually going to happen in these restaurants. Um, is there a big difference in the way they view uh, the reopening of restaurants? Um. You know, I'm, I, yeah, there is a difference in county by county. Um, I don't know that it's as much as how they view restaurants. I mean, in some cases it is. There are some counties that are saying they're not going to apply for the five-star program because they don't, they don't agree with it as a principle. So, you know, we're asking the, the, the state to allow those restaurants, restaurants in those areas to, to, 
to be able to apply directly through through the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment or through the governor's office to be part of the five-star program. Um, there are, I think the longer we've gone through this, cities and counties, as well as the state are seeing how badly restaurants have been impacted. And by the way, it's also impacting their bottom lines. It's also impacting the money that cities and the state are bringing in through tax revenue. So they're then hurting and therefore the public's hurting with other things that they're able to do in their communities, right? So I, 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 I'm feeling that right now, as opposed to the beginning, we're seeing a lot more um, general understanding of just how much this industry is hurting. Mm -hmm. And I think people are more willing to help than they ever have before. But the fact is, is that not every county is built the same. And Denver, while they are trying to move through and get the five-star program, they've got a lot of um, hurdles that they've got to get through. They've got they've got a, approximately 7,000 businesses that they would be looking at certifying and doing site visits for, as opposed to some of the counties that are already open that have 150 or 200 businesses that can do it much faster. Um, so it's, it's not it's not a simple question and, and therefore not a simple answer, but but just know I, I at least am feeling like there's a lot more sympathy or empathy I, for this industry than I've seen ever before. I, I think maybe let, let me rephrase because because really what I'm asking is, is is the way the governor's office looks at it, like saying, hey, we are, are they more intent on getting restaurants open than the city and county of Denver? Is the city and county of Denver being more cautious or are they in line with the government? Are they working together? I think they're working together. I, I really do. And Katie, jump in if you have a different answer here. But but um, I really do think they're both, they both want to get restaurants open. I think the difficulty is the laws that are already in place, for example, in Denver, make it much more cumbersome for them to launch a program like this than say other counties do. But the intent is there. I, I, I really do believe that they're they're in a lot of ways trying to move forward. It's just frustrating in some cases where you've got these bigger counties that are that it just takes longer or they've got more strict rules in place that don't allow them in some way, times to get out of their own way. Um, but it's certainly not for lack of trying. I think I think they are anxious um, to see these businesses survive because it's really gonna change the landscape of our communities if they don't. Absolutely. I want to jump to Katie and Katie Laser, uh, director of Eat Denver. We'll just start at that beginning question that I posed to Sonia. Katie, do you believe we're at the lowest point right now and it's time to uh, heal and rebuild from here? Where do you believe we're at? God, I hope so. Uh, I do believe that we're at the lowest point. And although it, it is very hard to hear from the governor that this coming year will be a banner year for dining, um, it will certainly be better than 2020. Um, I do, you know, Sonia, Sonia knows this. We've talked about this. It's, it's going to be a long recovery. And especially with the, the state's COVID dial. Hey, Katie, has, I hate to interrupt, but you're sideways right now. Your camera, oh. your camera's side. There you go. I just, now, am I good now? You're, you're now, really now put it back though. Now put it back the way you had it. You're fantastic. Yeah. This there you go. Okay. There you go. Now we're, now we're in. Okay, sorry to interrupt oh your gosh. thought process there. Go ahead. The sorry. Struggle, the struggles of the outdoor know. office right now. Um, it's hard to hear him say that, especially when our current state dial has restaurants only at 50% capacity at our best level within COVID. So at the, at the green, we don't, um, right now, obviously zero indoors. Then we go to 25, then 50 and we stay at 50 in the green level as of now. Hopefully he will have an appetite to change that, especially with more data and the tone that he came to this conversation with. He, we did all hear him say, I want restaurants to be open and I think they should be open. So it's going to take more than 50% capacity. We all know that. So we need to work on how we evolve into the green level and how that goes, how we get to 100, not just... 50. No one can survive that. Absolutely. Uh, guys, how are you on time? I, there's a couple of more things that I want to cover. I want to talk about the outdoor dining. There are some things, uh, grants that are out there and, and angel relief fund. Also, um, things that should be considered and, and moving into this new year. What are the things that we can look forward to as we just try and rebuild from here? Are you guys good on time? Can we get you one more segment? 
Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, fantastic. Katie. Get out of time, too. All right, stand by. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, past shows, themoderneater.com. Again, thanks, big thanks to Juan Padro today coming, helping facilitate this. Uh, owe you a lot of gratitude and thanks, and, go, and really just as a, a mentor to me. Uh, I look up to a lot of the things that you do and for this community, too. Well, it, it's, it's great. Thanks to, for being the voice of the industry. It's great to have you here today. Okay, we'll break away. We'll come back. Uh, you'll hear from some good local sponsors. I'm not good. Great. Um, these are the guys in the decimated industry to keep the modern eater alive. Um, it means more than ever to us, more than you will ever know. On this sunny day in the Mile High City in the Front Range, hopefully this is the beginning of optimism of a new look, of a healing process. And again, there's one thing that I saw this year, and it was the resiliency and the creativeness of this industry and the family that we have and created and solidified. We need to get back up to running. We'll be back up. It's not, you're not marked in history of how you are doing your best. You're marked in history of when you're down. We're getting up off the mat and we're going to fight out another round because that's what we do. We'll break off right now from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. This is the Modern Eater hey Show. Hey guys, Alex Armitas over at Sam's Number 3 Glendale. You want a Bloody Mary? You want a cheeseburger? You want a breakfast burrito? Greek salad? Bacon gyro meat? Chicken souvlaki? Barbecue ranch salad? We got you covered. Come down and see us. One more time. Try it again. Hey guys, Alex Armitas over here at Sam's number three, Glendale. Now get your ass to themoderneater.com. Thank you so much. We started Meridium Spirits because we love the way that spirits and cocktails can bring people together to socialize, to bond, to have conversations. Well, right now we've got some big conversations to have. Coop Vodka and Coop Gin are available at liquor stores across the metro area, but if you can't find us or would like to have us behind your bar or at your restaurant, send us an email, info at meridiumspirits.com. We know things are a little different these days, but think of us the next time you're planning a virtual happy hour or a socially distant picnic. And keep an eye on our social media, Coop by Meridium, for all the latest and greatest. Hey guys, it's Caroline Glover. I'm the chef owner of Annette out at Stanley Marketplace. Citrus is about to be in its prime. I just want to thank everybody for showing so much support to small local restaurants in this really hard time. And you're watching the Modern Eater Show. <laughs> Fine. All right, back to the show in just a second, you guys. But before we do it, I want to talk to you about this right here. Aspen Baking Company. I'm a bread guy. All right, I'm not a, I don't need meat, I don't need cheese. Since 1994, Aspen Baking Company, you guys, right here, aspenbaking.com. That's where you go to get the freshest bread in the city. Our buddy Jeff Nations over there is the definition of small business and hardworking. So if you're a bread person like me and you love bread and you need bread for the holiday and you need bread for the new year, AspenBaking.com is where you go to get that bread. And uh, now back to the show. Okay, hopefully there is a show because I am looking and it looks like yeah. the stream is stuttering out right now. I don't know if that's um, the higher beings telling us something right now. Hopefully it will reconnect, but in the meantime, you just keep going forward with these types of things. And welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. Uh, Greg Holland back and Juan Padro, Jay Parker. And uh, we're going to continue on with this conversation with Sonia Riggs, President and CEO of the Colorado Restaurant Association, and Katie Laser, the Director of Eat Denver. Okay, guys, as we look forward into the new year, and I think, boy, we sure all need this. Uh, let's talk about some of the things. Outdoor patios and some relief. The Angel Relief Fund um, still giving out grants, Sonia. Talk to us about what that looks like right now. Well, so there's two kind of grants that the Angel Relief is, uh, Fund is giving out. We've given out so far about $2 million, as I mentioned earlier, to restaurant workers who are unemployed or underemployed during COVID. And it's an ongoing program that we do even outside of COVID for emergency relief assistance for restaurant workers. The other side is the outdoor grant program. We've given out around $850,000 so far. As we've got more money coming in, those that have already applied, um, well, that's okay. We're not streaming right now, Jay? No? Well, we're recording, so it's, you know, Great. So that I have to okay, good. Go ahead. We, we have this. It'll, it'll post. Go ahead, Sonia. Okay. So those that have already applied and have gotten some funding um, but haven't gotten their full grant will likely get more money. There are also folks that have not gotten a grant yet but were qualified in some way will probably get some money as well. We're sorting through all of those applications. So before opening a third round, we think what we're going to do is look at everybody that's already applied and get them more money up to $10,000 just to help with their outdoor spaces. You know, I know that's not the end all be all, but any little bit helps. And I, I so far the folks that we've heard back from have been 
and super grateful. So people can go to www.angelrelieffund.org to apply for the individual grants for unemployed or underemployed workers. And they can go to cooutdoordining.org um, just for more information on our, on our regular grants. Mm, that's fantastic. Okay, um, what else? Has- Sonia, wait, I have to jump in and just say what Sonia and her team have done with the Angel Relief Fund this year has been phenomenal. There's been so much interest in supporting restaurant workers and the fact that they had the framework and had already set up the um, Angel Relief Fund before COVID and had all the tools and um, the willingness to to facilitate all of this is just incredible and something to be really proud of. Uh, It's been an enormous impact. Man, I love this community, right? Um, just working together. I want to just do a little round robin of, of, of last thoughts, and we'll start with you, Sonia. Go ahead, and uh, we're going to put a ribbon on this for today. Well, um, you asked earlier, I think, about people finding out about PPP funding. We are planning on doing a webinar about that next week so that people can find out how to get their funding and what they can use it for as quickly as possible. We were happy to see in this program that there were um, extra provisions given out out to specifically to the restaurant industry that were not given to other industries. So, you know, that being said, we know this is not the 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 silver bullet. It's it's just a band-aid to get us through for a short amount of time. What we really think the federal government needs to do is provide a restaurant specific package, which we're hoping once the Biden administration takes over, we'll see something like that, or at least at least a larger amount of funding specifically for, for restaurants. Um, but overall, I think what I would say is, you know, to our restaurants, please don't feel, don't um, hesitate to reach out to us if we can be of help. To the public, please go out to eat um, with your family um, in in counties that are opening up to another level. In in some cases, they'll let you go out with one other uh, party. Um, order in, get delivery. Anything helps. It just we are we're, we we need more help than ever just to get through the next couple of months until things can open back up. And then lastly, Wait, but Sonia, you have to do like you have to prove it like me. Look at me. Does it look like I've, I've missed a meal? OK, thank you. Craig. You, you, you <laughs> got to be able to prove it. OK, I appreciate that. Yeah, you got it. The last thing is to, to lawmakers and to legislators out there, please go easy on us this year in the legislative session. You know, we we need as much help as we can get. And any additional regulation that's burdensome to this industry is going to even be more devastating. And they need to think about those that they're hurting the most, which are these small full-service traditional neighborhood gems of restaurants that are really, really struggling. And so, um, you know, they just need help wherever they can get it. Gosh, well said, well said. Uh, Katie, throw a ribbon on this. You know, one thing I want to just make sure we all keep, keep with us in the new year is we've all been advocating so hard and in our own ways for this industry. And we know that, you know, we keep regurgitating these numbers that are supposed to represent the value of this of this restaurant industry, like number of jobs, uh, number of sales, uh, all these numbers that are definitely massive. We are a massive industry that I I do think is overlooked in that way, but even more so than that, especially our independent restaurant community, what we've lost this year, we've lost over a hundred different institutions in the Denver area that represent so much more than the great jobs that they provide and sales tax and um, funding to our local governments, but they are places of inclusion and connection. And those communities that they have established for themselves uh, are are gone. And there's there's just so many things that are uh, that we can't measure about the value of a restaurant and the impact that it brings to uh, to our community. So what I'll just say is we know more than ever how valuable they are. Um, We've seen firsthand restaurants donating food to frontline workers, their own furloughed workers, standing up testing centers like Juan, um, how essential they are to uh, to our mental health, our economy, all of the things. So we just need to honor the restaurants that we've lost this year by continuing to fight for this industry survival, especially the independent restaurants that just mean so much to us that we can't really describe, but we all you know, know in our bones. Um, so to Sonia's point, we do we need to keep fighting for that dedicated restaurant aid um, that we deserve. Uh, you know, the Restaurants Act is still on the table and we need to see that through. We need to advocate for um, 
for testing placement for restaurant workers um, for like we heard the governor say that he's in favor of continuing the sales tax um, retention, the ability to for restaurants to keep the state sales tax that they collect um, past its current expiration. Um, so the fight is certainly not over, although there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we're still in the marathon, as you said, Greg. So we just need to use all the information that we've been gathering and all of our messaging and just just keep keep fighting for this industry. Um, but yeah, like let's take a moment and honor what we've lost as well while we've all been in the trenches. Yeah, no kidding. Well, so well said. So well said, Katie. Uh, Katie, Katie Laser, Eat Denver, and, and offline, and may or may not make you blush, Juan said to me, Katie could easily step into a Fortune 500 company and run it seamlessly right off the bat. And I, I don't know it. about that, but I, have, she I needs, appreciate that. She needs a little training, but she could certainly do it. <laughs> Use that as leverage sometime, learner. Katie. Yeah. Uh, you guys are great. I can't thank you enough for joining us here on the show today. Uh, Katie Laser, Eat Denver, and Sonia Riggs, President and CEO of the Colorado Restaurant Association. Thank you, guys. We'll see you soon. So good to be with you. Thank yeah. you. Happy New Year to them. Juan. Yes, sir. Wow. Okay. I don't know how you feel about today. Um, you know, I, 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 what do you think we're going to get? What kind of feedback do you think we're going to get? Um, what kind of feedback? Are they going to hit us? What is, oh yeah. Huh? I mean, I get hit all the time on social media yeah. for a lot softer stuff than this. Yeah. So I'm sure you do too. Um, so, you know, to kind of get my final thoughts on the day, um, yeah. you know, I think it was cool that, uh, that Jared came on and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, I can't even begin to tell you uh, how busy somebody in that position is and oh to take God. the time to come and talk to the industry I think is important. Um, I feel a lot of the same frustration uh, that a lot of other restaurant owners feel and bar owners feel just in terms of where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot even begin to understand what some of our workers are feeling like. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am not in their shoes. Um, I am trying to be as empathetic as I can and help where I can personally, um, but I am extremely worried about um, about those kids and, and making sure that they're in a position where they're happy and they're healthy and they can they can uh, they can pay their rent and live the lifestyle that they join this industry you know we're, we're an industry that relies on touch um and uh you know and, and human interaction mm-hmm. and i think that like you know I, that's something that's not talked about enough it's not just shutting the industry down in a paycheck and i keep hearing that over and over and over again from from politicians and from people who don't understand our industry um you know our industry thrives on human interaction and human touch mm-hmm. and uh, hospitality, caring for one another, and empathy and compassion, and and when that's not getting, uh, you know, reciprocated, that's hard enough. Um, mm-hmm. But when all of that is ripped away from you, um, you know, that causes a lot of problems. And uh, and I think that we need to, uh, you know, pay very close attention to that as business owners, mm-hmm. as politicians, as leaders. Um, you know, this isn't just about getting these businesses up and running. Mm-hmm. We keep talking about these businesses. It's about taking care of these kids. Mm. And we need some victories under our belt. That's right. Makes you feel better. Yep. You know, just get that head of steam. I hope we can get it. I think we can. We'll get it. Yeah. I promise you. Yeah, we got to yeah. go get it. We'll that's, get the, it. that's the Juan Padro promise? Yes, yeah, the Juan Padro <laughs> promise. We'll get it. We'll get it. And, yep. uh, you know, taking care of it. Can I borrow 100 bucks? Sure, man. <laughs> sure. You whatever, whatever you need. 20% interest. Uh, let me, put let me a, get in on that. Uh, let me get in on that, Hundy. Put a ribbon on, uh, on this last show of the year. And, yep. and I can't be happy enough to put this year behind us. But what I will say is the following year, 2021, there's going to be some challenges. Um, but there is light at the end of the tunnel, and that's something that we've lacked for a long time, just blind faith, right? right. Uh, just walking out there on the plank and, and with blindfolded saying yep. things are going to work out. That's a tough thing to do, and a lot of folks have done that. We need to reward them. And, and just like Katie said, the folks that have become casualties in this, let, let's think of them and let's think about how we can get people back into a productive method no matter where they are. But messaging retraining people to get back to the habits that they had before? I yeah. mean, or they're gonna be, they're, they're, there's going to be new habits. There are going to be, are new, gonna be new habits. So the one thing that the workers have to understand when they come into restaurants and stuff like that is that process and service and things like that are changing. And, and you know, if you want to be at the top of the list of all the great restaurants in this town, there's great places to work, uh, you know, you need to get updated on, on what that looks like. And you should be having those conversations now um, because, you know, the industry will look different, um, but it doesn't mean 
that, people are, I mean, people are going to come out. There's no doubt about yeah. that. 60% of food in America runs through restaurants. That's how we feed our country. Um, so we have that to look forward to, but, um, but there's going to be some innovation and don't get left behind. Educate yourself, have good conversations, you know, stay focused, uh, work hard, you know, get and the, the words of my mom, can. go out there and take a walk, get That's some it. fresh air, knock That's the it. dust off because uh, you got to be ready to be ready. And, right. and when we're going to hit the ground running, which I think we are, um, the best of the best are going to come back to work first. And you've got to really start thinking of yourself, your mental health, uh, your physical well-being, all of those yeah, things. Yeah, I, I do. You know, can please, I just say something about I, that? Yeah, you know, mental health, extremely important. I don't give a shit whether you think you need to go talk to somebody right now. Go. Mm-hmm. I do not care. Uh, we use a great resource called Cassette Wellness. Uh, our kids, a lot of our kids use it. Um, and uh, they are super uh, industry focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and The name again? Cassette, K-H-E-S-E-D, okay. Wellness. A woman named Heather Lundy runs it, okay. uh, who's a great, you know, just a really great person. And she's got a bunch of former service industry people that work as counselors mm-hmm. and that have you know, gone on to uh, get advanced degrees and really understand our industry. And then uh, the feedback that I've gotten from uh, my staff uh, that has used them has been great. Uh, there are other great resources out there, too. Uh, that's the one we choose to use. But um, go out there and, uh, you know, start the healing process now. It doesn't start when, you know, all, we're back at 100% capacity and, uh, you know, the shots are flying and stuff like that because all you're doing is, is, is not dealing with what's happening right now, which is very real. I'm always the silver lining guy. Yeah. And, and here, here's what's interesting about right now is if you ever had, uh, you know, some kind of apprehension to reach out to somebody because you don't want to be judged yep. and you don't, you don't want to be labeled a basket case, there's a great chance of whoever you reach out to right now, they're feeling the same stuff. That's right. You know, yeah. they're going to relate with you Everybody's more than ever. Everybody's got their shit, 100%. And, and, and so don't, don't even be afraid, yeah. you know. And, and the worst that you can do is you, you walk away and go, I just helped somebody. I needed help, and I just helped somebody. Well, let me tell you something. You, a lot of healing occurs by you going and trying to do it. And mm-hmm. a lot of times the reverse happens. Absolutely. You know, and it's like, you know, I, I learned that through, you know, the, the philanthropy work that you do. You know, when you go and you give yourself to something, what you get back is so much more. You so, never know where you'll right. get a spark. That's right. You never know. So My spark comes from Jay Parker, who's probably wanting to hurt himself right now. The last show of the year, the stream interrupted at the end, but it keeps recording, so yep. when it reposts, all of this good stuff will be here. Jay, you do such great work, man. You put your heart and soul into it. And those glasses, just, you look, what, yeah, does he look, yeah. how many IQ points yeah, yeah, does I got he a, look like? I got a few. Juan. Juan doesn't have time for me right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? He goes, uh, oh, wait a minute. You're, talk, <laughs> yeah, you're talking to Jay. Stream's like, interrupted. <laughs> I'm out of here. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, he goes, no, I have a 16-year-old that works for me. I don't need to hear it, Jay. Uh, yeah, I want to freak out. And to, and to Juan's point of uh, mental health, mental health, it's it is so real, you know. And and if and if 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 I didn't have like certain people in my life that I talk to, and some of them have experience and actual mm-hmm. professional experience in there, I would definitely seek out to talk to somebody just to sit down and get it all out. Mm-hmm. Just you know whether or not I need it, right? Or these are tough times. So if you feel that way, man, talk to anybody. You know what I mean? Call me, email me. Oh, well, I don't I'll know. see you. You, you want to feel better yeah, about you'll, yourself? You'll try and sleep with them. I don't know. <laughs> you want to feel better about yourself? <laughs> All right, let's go, you guys. I mean, really, I I don't know. It's just like we have to be. We have to be. I mean, we can't keep dwelling on spilt milk. It is what it is. We are where we are. We are what we are. We're not changing anything that already happened. That's right. So. All right, let's go get them. Let's go get them. 2021 is on the horizon. A lot of great new partnerships coming up. Uh, be creative. Be positive. Uh, look forward and, um, moreover, treat each other well. We got this. Thank you, Juan. All right, brother. All right. We're going to take off Jay Parker. Great work. Little Rich Schneider, Brian Freeman. Can't do this stuff without you. Studio Kitchen Colorado, we're out. We'll see you next time on the Modern Eater Show.